Good morning and welcome to Nature Watch. Nature Watch is sponsored by Waddell's Nursery, Floral Garden, and Bird Center at the corner of 12th Street and Millam Road. And right now, your host of Nature Watch, it's Gary Miller. Good morning, Gary. Good morning. Hey there. Uh, happy first day of fall. Yes, yes. So it, uh, 2.50 this morning, uh, we be- officially became fall. So actually, the trees are starting to, and plants are starting to change out there. So we're starting to see leaves starting to change color. That sun is a little different angle. Looks cool out there. Um, though the temperatures haven't shown that very much yet. So yeah, I drove up north last uh, Monday. Um, up to, well, north being Muskegon, and, and that that's, that's and, still north. And, and along I ninety six, you could tell that the leaves are really starting to flip uh, the farther north you go. So, of course, you could live in the Outer Banks of North Carolina. Uh, happy first day of fall. Here's a tropical storm. Yes, yes. <laughs> Tis the season yet. That is right. Uh, we have lots to talk about. We're going to uh, we're going to go rodent happy for a little bit. I do believe. Am yeah, I correct? sort of rodent. Yeah. Sort of rodent. So, yeah. Well, they they are. They are squirrel. Yes, yes. Squirrel. Yes. <laughs> and a trivia question as well. Twenty dollar gift card up for grabs from Waddell's Nursery, Floral Garden, and Bird Center. And why don't we get to the trivia question? Right we'll we'll do that because sometimes it takes a little while for those people to Google that answer, trying to find that answer. This one might be a little bit difficulty. And and he did he did give me the uh, question ahead of time. Yeah, you, <laughs> you you'll want to get in front of a laptop yes. or whatever, or have your phone. Well, you might know too. Some people might know. That's true. So M- Michigan is home to nine species of squirrel. So we are all familiar with the fox, the gray, both the gray and the black versions, red and northern and southern flying squirrels. So that's five out of the nine. Okay. The trivia question is, name one of the other four squirrel species found in Michigan. So again, name one of the four other four squirrel species found in Michigan, besides the five that I just named. Oh, okay. So, yeah, now you better rattle off those five again. Yeah, so the five that I named were the fox, the gray, both the gray and the black version, the red, and the northern and southern flying squirrels. Okay. So flying not, those, squirrels. Yeah. Flying so there's actually two, two types of flying squirrels in Michigan. I, I, I have a Rocky and Bullwinkle moment. No, I don't. <laughs> 269-382-4280. Name one of the other four squirrels uh, species, species, right? Correct. Yeah, that Gary did not mention, and you will grab a $20 gift card uh, from Wendell's. Simple yes, and that. actually, one of these was a surprise to me, too, that was actually in the family, and I had to refresh my memory a little bit. So we'll see if anybody guesses that uh, that particular species. And we'll talk about those a little more here later on in the show. Okay. So this this uh, season, we typically think of uh, flying birds, flying animals migrating or starting to migrate. Mm-hmm. And uh, this last week, a couple occasions, I had the uh, chance to observe at dusk some bats flying around. And I thought, well, that'd be a good a good uh, subject to talk about because we don't talk about bats very often. Okay, before we break into that, uh, the phones are lighting up, so oh. so uh, apparently everyone is online. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Wendy, did you have to go online for this, or or are you taking a shot in the dark here? Taking a shot in the dark. Hey, Atta girl. Okay, what, 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 what are you guessing? A uh, ground squirrel. Uh, any more specific than that? Ooh. A 13-line ground Oh, very squirrel. good. That is one of the four that I had in the answers. Wow. Yes. How about that? And no Google, right? No Google. Oh, very good. Very have good. them in my yard. Wow. There yeah. you go. Th- those 13-line uh, uh, ground squirrels, sometimes commonly called gophers, even though they're not officially a gopher, uh, tend to like really sandy soils, though sometimes they'll dig in some clay-type soils. I grew up uh, 
on our farm, we had 13 lane ground squirrels everywhere. Uh, they'd scurry and scamper about and have little holes here and there. You'd see a, uh, indication of some soil piled around a hole, but a lot of times their escape holes or some of the other holes to their dens were just a hole in the ground. And so it was uh, sometimes uh, interesting to watch them, and they'd be running, you'd be trying to catch them, and they'd disappear down a hole. So very active. So, yes, yeah, so that is one of the uh, one of the other four squirrel varieties in, in Michigan. Yeah, what are the other ones, by the way? So the other, other three are the least chipmunk, the eastern chipmunk, and drum roll, the woodchuck, and the groundhog, or the groundhog. Okay. Did you know any of those, Wendy? Um, I didn't realize that they were considered part of the squirrel family. Oh. So, so actually, actually, um, so the chipmunks are in that same family. Um, surprisingly, and it actually surprised me too because I, I was looking at several lists, and according to the state of Michigan, the woodchuck or groundhog is in that ground squirrel family. And so I had to do okay. a little more research to confirm that. So yes, in fact, it is a ground ground squirrel, and isn't that same family as marmots, uh, prairie dogs? So there's a, a, a big a little, little little tidbit of information. Um, they're actually very large squirrels if you look at think of a groundhog. Um, but if you actually look at their their patterns of movement, sometimes they stand on their their rear legs, and they, have, they look similar to a, a squirrel. They just have a short tail. Oh. Well, there you go. Wendy, congratulations. We do have a $20 gift card to you, uh, for you, actually, uh, from Waddell's Nursery Floral Garden and Bird Center. You won't have to come to the station to pick it up. If you hang on the line, we're going to send you back to Jim McKinney. He will get all the information from you, and um, he will uh, get this in the mail to you pronto. So there you go. Wendy, our big winner on our $20 gift card to Waddell's. Yes. So uh, while we're talking about squirrels, we'll talk a little more about squirrels. So with that nine different species of squirrels in Michigan, they vary in size and habit, habitat preferences, but many squirrels can adapt to living near people. As we well know, the squirrels at the bird feeder, the groundhog going under the back shed. Squirrels eat a variety of foods such as seeds, nuts, fruits, flowers, clovers, insects, eggs, and even young birds. So some of those squirrels sometimes have that uh, taste for some meat. Some squirrels spend the winter hibernating. For example, woodchucks or groundhogs are herbivores eating vegetation and spend the winter hibernating when food is unavailable. Contrary to popular belief, when Groundhog Day comes in February, most woodchucks are still hibernating and do not come out to see their shadow. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> A little cold yet, at least in this part of the country. There you go. Um, the uh, eastern fox squirrel is probably the one most people think of. They've got that big bushy tail. Eastern gray squirrel is just a little bit smaller. It looks very similar to the fox squirrel, though maybe a little more gray in the color. Uh, the red squirrels, sometimes those become nuisances, too. They can uh, get into your shed or your attic in your house and uh, tend to cause quite some havoc. Uh, the flying squirrels, so the two species of, species of flying squirrels that are found in the state are the northern and the southern. The northern flying squirrel inhabits the northern lower peninsula and the upper peninsula. Sort of good for the name, being northern. While its close relative, the southern flying squirrel, inhabits the southern lower peninsula and further south in the country. Flying squirrels are entirely nocturnal, inhabiting mature forests and parks as well as other woodlands. They utilize the many cavities that are found in mature trees for nesting and winter denning. Unlike bats, flying squirrels do not really fly. They have a loose membrane of furred skin attached between their front and back legs. The membrane helps these squirrels glide from tree to tree. So 
I guess I could technically be called a gliding squirrel. Okay. And then the uh, chipmunks, the least chipmunk and eastern chipmunk, uh, look very similar. Uh, we see a lot of those around, too, sometimes in the landscape. And then we have the woodchuck and, or groundhog and the 13-line ground squirrel. Typically in squirrel hunting, um, most people hunt for a fox or a gray squirrel because of the larger ones. Though if you really want to go hunting for squirrel, groundhog would be a much larger animal. Um, they have more meat, and they're more active in the daytime, so they offer uh, some challenging hunting opportunities. Some species may be taken by hunting primarily to resolve nuisance or damage issues. That's probably the ground, groundhog. Note, flying squirrels do not have a hunting season as they are protected. So that's something to keep in mind with uh, if you have those flying squirrels, and occasionally flying squirrels try to find that little nook, the, the little crack in your uh, siding of your house or your eave and go up in your attic because it's a nice warm space. And uh, so they can become some, somewhat of a nuisance. Uh, it's best when you have that uh, flying squirrel in the attic, uh, try to call a professional. Um, there's all sorts of uh, companies out there that uh, do that removal. And there's actually a list on the DNR website. Oh, okay. Squir- so you, you can't go and hunt squirrels. So all, all uh, these flying stories squirrels, about yeah, yeah. All, all flying squirrels. Flying okay, squirrels. Yeah, okay, yes. yeah, because all, all of these uh, posts that I see about, about uh, cooking up some squirrel. Yum. Okay. Yes, oh, yes. Boy. I'll tell you my questions for Gary right here at uh, 269-382-4280, or you can text them into 80373. I know we're going to talk about um, something else that flies, and it's not a bird. Yes. <laughs> but we'll, we'll get to that. And, in, and not a flying squirrel either. It's not a flying squirrel either. We'll get to that in just a little bit. This is Nature Watch on WKZO. The Children's Days and Petting Zoo continue today until 4 p.m. at Waddell's Nursery Florist and Garden Center. Bring the whole family to Waddell's to enjoy the bounce house, see the animals, climb the straw mountain, play games, and go on a hayride. Kids will love the petting zoo as they see and pet many animals, including a donkey, goats, rabbits, cats, alpacas, chickens, and pigs. There's a straw mountain for kids to climb on, then slide down into a bin of shelled corn. Plus, fun games like the fish pond and launching water balloons at Target's. Have fun doing all these activities for just $6.50 per child or two kids for $13, and parents are free. Come be part of the fun at Waddell's Children's Days and Petting Zoo going on today until 4. Tickets can be purchased at the door or in advance at Waddell's.com. And remember, Waddell's is also your first local choice for mums, pansies, ornamental grasses, and loads of unique decorations for inside and outside the house. Located on Texas Drive at the corner of Millam and 12th Street. Down to 50, or actually up to 58, depends on, if, if you look at my phone, it says 55, and finally, uh, the KZO website said 58 and sunny at 590 and 106.9 FM, WKZO, Nature Watch continues with Gary Miller. So we're going to talk a little bit about bats. So typically we think of bats being more active in the summertime. We, we talk about this with, with about eight days left in the regular season of baseball. Yeah. Okay. Yes, 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 yes. We'll talk about bats. <laughs> not, not that type not of bats. Not those bats. Not those bats. Those are wooden bats. <laughs> These are actually mammals. So bats are an animal filled with mystery and intrigue, myths and misconceptions. They instill fear in the minds of some and fascination in others. It is safe to say that there is a lot of misunderstanding when it comes to bats. Bats are the only mammal in the world capable of sustained flight. They are not rodents. In fact, they are more closely related to humans than to rodents. The order they are classified in, Choroptera, means winged hand. The bone structure of their wings, or hands, is remarkably like human hands with elongated fingers attached by membranes. 
There are over 1,200 bat species identified around the world, which comprises about 20% of the world's total mammal species. Bats are found in all corners of the earth except for the polar regions, and one species, the hoary bat, that's H-O-A-R-Y, hoary bat, is Hawaii's only native land mammal. Michigan has nine bat species. Nine must be the magic number today. We've got nine species of squirrel, nine okay. species of bat. Yeah. <laughs> Bats known to, to live in Michigan include the little brown bat, the northern long-eared bat, the evening bat, the hoary bat, not the same one that's in Hawaii, the big brown bat, the tricolored bat, the Indiana bat, the silver-haired bat, and the red bat. So the uh, different bat species, so most times when you see bats flying around in your backyard or you're in a park area towards dusk and you see those bats flying around catching insects and that, most times you're going to see big brown bats or little, little brown bats. Those are the ones that we see most of the time. Big brown bats have a wingspan of about 12 inches, so actually quite large. They're uh, widespread all over Michigan. Their wings are hairless. And they've got some brown fur with black ears, wings, and feet. Sometimes it's easy to see uh, uh, those if you have a close-up photo or so, but it's really hard to get an identification on a bat just because they're flying at night, the light's not very good, and they move very rapidly. So big brown bats typically fly at night, like most bats. They eat a lot of insects. However, they're, they're uh, especially like mosquitoes, but their preference is to eat beetles. So big brown bats, their preferred food is the cucumber beetle. And so farmers that raise cucumbers a lot of times will try to attract those bats to help control that pest of the cucumber yeah. plant. Oh. And one of the things that uh, most people are probably aware of, that bats can carry rabies. They're, they're a percentage of actual positive identification with actually carrying rabies is similar to any other wild animal. It's just that we sometimes have a little more interaction because they get in the house sometimes. So that can be a little bit of a concern. Yeah, when I lived out in Almina one night, just out of nowhere, I, I saw something dark flying around the room, totally freaked me out. And <laughs> it, it was the bat, but, yes. but, the, but the bat disappeared and never saw it again. Yeah, so actually, actually about a month ago, I was sitting in my chair relaxing, started dozing off, and all of a sudden I sensed some movement and there was a bat in our house, and uh, which, which surprised me because I actually have bats in one of my barns, and I love to watch them at night because uh, at dusk when they come out and eat all those mosquitoes, there's always plenty of mosquitoes and other uh, insects around. So took a little bit of a challenge to try to capture it and so I can release it back outside. I don't know how it got in the house. It got in the house somehow, but... Uh, hasn't come back yet so hopefully it went back to the barn there you go yeah um you you said trying to capture it there's no way i was going to try to catch that bat no but um is it best for you to try to catch it or should you call a professional to so you really should try to should call a professional um i've experienced capturing bats before i'm no professional bat catcher but uh you have experience though i have experience so you are an amateur bat catcher yes i am (laughs) so um so i actually use a good pair of large pair of leather gloves and a butterfly net and typically i can capture them that way um, without injuring the bat um, or yourself or myself and uh, so that way they don't have a chance to bite um that's usually their, their small teeth sometimes that's where they can introduce rabies so that's something to be, be cautious of. Um, surprisingly, the big brown bat is uh, uh, 
does not typically have rabies. It's they've actually been uh, shown to have a lot of immunity to it. Uh, the other other uh, bat that uh, is quite common is the little brown bat, um, and uh, no relation to the big brown bat, just by name. Uh, very descriptive, I guess. Mm-hmm. So the, uh, the the various bats that we have, two of those nine bats are actually on the endangered list, species list. The Indiana bat and the long-eared, uh, northern long-eared bat. Now, both of those are on the endangered list, and primarily uh, a lot of these bats um, have, have started coming down with a fungal disease uh, called, uh, I lost my note here, uh, we'll get to that a little bit. So the small bat we have is the tricolored bat, mm-hmm. um, well, the smallest bat in Michigan. Uh, they're very, very small, and... Uh, most of the bats can live to be uh, quite a long age, about 10, 15 years. The little brown bat typically only lives about four to six at max. So uh, not, not a lot of uh, uh, length of uh, longevity in those. The uh, white nose syndrome is the fungal disease that's affecting most of the bats. And the bats that are um, living are especially hibernating in colonies in the wintertime. And a lot of times they hibernate in caves or larger areas. Some of them migrate further south, so it's a little bit warmer. And uh, so that, that uh, communal living, the uh, white nose syndrome is actually killing a lot of the bats. That's one of the reasons why the uh, long-eared northern bat does, it was added to the endangered list because of the, uh, the effect that the white nose syndrome has had on them. So there actually there's a group, uh, several groups uh, sponsored by the U.S. Department of Agriculture and the state DNR. Uh, actually, with all the upper Great Lakes, they actually have a plan trying to combat white nose syndrome because they're very concerned about that killing off a lot of the bats. The uh, interesting thing with bats, though, too, is that if you have those bats in your house, you want to try to call that professional. As, as I mentioned, the DNR has a web, uh, on their website has a list of nuisance animal control companies, and you can look for your community. Those uh, organizations or professionals will be able to remove those bats. Typically, they, uh, when they capture those bats, they need to relocate them. And typically, they need to relocate them about 50 or 60 miles. Otherwise, they come back to the same location. So that's one way to remove those bats. Uh, another way might be to uh, actually maybe put up a bat house. And it may take a year or two for the bats to discover that bat house. So we, we have some wonderful bat houses at Waddell's. Um, mm-hmm. Nice wood structures, cedar. Uh, very good uh, for... Uh, providing some some cover for those bats you know that's not a bad idea so well they eat a lot of insects Mm -hmm. um the uh they've estimated that uh, they may eat up up to six thousand mosquitoes in a night one bat put up a bat house (laughs) so i've always encouraged the bats in my barn i've been on my my property for over 30 years the bats were there when i moved in i love to watch the bats they don't bother me they eat lots of insects. I'm happy to see them flying around feeding at night. You know, you could sit outside in the evening and get get a nice little show, too, with the yes, bats flying yes. around and the mosquitoes taken care of. Well, somewhat, but... Yes, yes. Some of them. Yeah, there's plenty of mosquitoes out there. Mosquitoes tend to compensate for the bats they eating find, a lot of their... They find me regardless of, of what I use. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Be it so. bats or repellent or whatever. Yeah, that... Yeah, put uh, putting up a bat house that would actually be a kind of a fun thing to do, especially yeah, so if you like sitting out at night and you can uh, check them uh, doing so their thing and yeah. 
And so typically you want to mount that bat house so you have at least 10 foot clear below it from the ground up to the bottom of the bat house. 12 or more feet is even better. So, and even going up as high as 20 feet. You can mount them on a pole. Um, you can mount them on a tree, though you want to make sure you get a lot of sunlight. Typically they get a little bit too cool during the summertime, during the day. Bats like heat. And so a lot of times um, actually mounting them on the side of a house or another building is even better than putting it on a tree. A uh, pole would be better. Typically you want to have it so it's facing like towards the east, southeast, so it gets a lot of that morning sun. Uh, they like it very warm uh, for their young when they're raising their pups. And uh, the bat houses, if you look at them, they look very, very small as far as the opening. Mm-hmm. Bats don't need much of an opening mm-hmm. to get in. Uh, about, about an inch uh, and, a, and a quarter by about three-eighths wide. That's all the opening a bat needs to get in. So if you have that little hole in the side of your house, that's probably how they're getting in your attic. And that's one of the reasons you want to call a professional. Typically, they uh, can put uh, bat exclusion devices in, so it's a one-way door, basically, for those bats to exit but can't get back in. They don't want to use those usually in June and July when the pups are in in that attic space uh, so mom can't get back in to feed them. So they typically will wait till those pups are out flying about. And uh, those bat exclusion devices typically work very well. Uh, and then uh, those professional companies can typically look at your structure and make sure you've got all those holes sealed. But you don't want to just seal, seal those. Uh, another thing to keep in mind, don't use any kind of poison. Bats are protected in Michigan. Uh-huh. So that's one other reason to call those professionals. And uh, you want to be careful about using you know, insect sprays trying to keep those mosquitoes down because the bats are eating that too. So you know, use, use some nature uh, mosquito control and some natural mosquito control instead of uh, using those sprays sometimes. Oh, okay. 269-382-4280. We are talking bats and squirrels. And as far as squirrels go, Gary, I do I do know that I, I have some friends that uh, have gardens that, that uh, they take care of during the summer, and they despise squirrels coming in and tearing them apart. Oh, yes. How yes. Now, what's the best way to control that without, you know, actually hunting or <laughs> or doing what uh, it can you know. be a challenge just like it is the challenge trying to keep that squirrel off the bird feeder uh, those squirrel proof feeders work fantastic sometimes the collars around a post um, in a garden it makes it even more difficult because you really can't fence it um, the squirrels are going to find their way in so you might want to think about maybe offering some food if you're going to have the squirrels there offer them some other spot to eat so they're not coming in and eating all your garden produce um, it can be a challenge. A lot of times the squirrels that get in the gardens, though, are using more of those chipmunks and some of the red squirrels. Oh, okay. Um, though fox squirrels and gray squirrels can go in, too. Now, you you were mentioning, um, you know, offering them something to eat. It's not like bringing in a plate. Here, here's squirrel. Um, <laughs> no, what, what would you set aside? What would be the best thing to set aside to keep them out of the garden that way? So, so shelled corn or ear corn. Okay. You know, they, they make all sorts of neat uh, squirrel feeders. Um, that actually some that are very entertaining. You know, there's some that uh, we've had at Waddell's that have uh, like a little mini bungee cord on the on the ear of corn. So it's actually very entertaining for you too. It's almost like a cat toy. Yeah, <laughs> yes it is. The uh, but you know provides a lot of entertainment for you. The squirrels seem to like the challenge of uh, trying to achieve that and getting that that food source, uh, not just having it handed to them. So they actually have to work. I've seen we've had some before that revolve. So the squirrel gets on there. It's like a little Ferris wheel for them to ride. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, uh, so it's really interesting to, to watch that. They're very entertained to watch. Uh, but uh, they can be a challenge. So sometimes you, instead of fighting them, you sort of live with them. They're going to be around. They're going to attract some more in. 
the uh, interesting thing with the, the black squirrel, I remember I mentioned that the gray squirrel is both the gray and black versions. And the black squirrels that we see are actually a gray squirrel that is lacking a gene. And that gene is what causes that fur to be black. And it's not something new. Uh, there's, there's records of black squirrels being seen uh, in the 1760s in the U.S. So mm. black squirrels are very common, um, not as common as the gray, the gray version of the gray squirrel. So it's a little bit uh, tidbit of information with the, with the black squirrel. And they, they can uh, sometimes uh, you know, have a black, black squirrel dad and a gray squirrel mom, and they, their young may be, have black fur or gray fur. Uh, depends on the, uh, which is the predominant gene in, the, in that family. So it, uh, gray squirrels uh, typically are, are all, most of them are gray. Um, the, the black squirrel population is a lot less than the gray. And it depends on where you're at. Some places have uh, high populations of black squirrel. Battle Creek, for example, has a very high population. I, I, yeah, I noticed that, you know. So it seems to, it seems to go in different areas that they see uh, that higher population of black squirrel. So. Hmm. I'll be darned. <laughs> Uh, last call for phone calls on Nature Watch, 269-382-4280. After the 9 o'clock news, of course, uh, Andy Waddell will be here, your partner in crime for Over the Garden Fence. And maybe we can transfer some of this squirrel talk <laughs> well, we'll talk to about that. Some, talk about, you know, some of the later show here, we'll talk about the challenges of keeping those squirrels out of the bird feeder. Uh, if you have questions or think of something during the week, you can reach me at uh, via email at naturewatch.com at waddells.com nature watch is one word mm-hmm. and so if you have a, think of a question during the week and you observe and you don't have a chance to call in saturday morning email me those questions if you have uh, nature events that you're aware of i know there's a, a hike coming out a fall hike next saturday the uh, nature conservancy in michigan is sponsoring a hike uh, from 10 to noon oh okay. at the pawpaw prairie fen preserve say that fast three times uh, no, I'll pass. <laughs> uh, but uh, they, they do require registration. They're going to have cider and donuts. There's going to be a guided hike. They're going to look at birds and some of the different plants during the, the fall season. Hmm. So it would actually be a neat neat hike. Have somebody else guide you if you're not real familiar with some of the plants and some of the birds that are flying around. Yeah, there you go. As Gary just said, questions to him during the week, naturewatch at waddells.com. Correct. Or just go down to Waddell's. You'll probably find him. He's not hard to find. The guy with the glasses and the very big, he almost looks like Santa Claus. Yeah, so a lot of times people will be sent out to talk to me in the nursery and they say, go out and look for the guy that looks like Santa. Yes. <laughs> I am hard to hide. Okay. Are, are you going to double up here in the holiday season now? Or? Oh, yes, I am. All right. There you go. Maybe, maybe we can do a Christmas type. Uh, well, we'll, do some, well, we can talk about the Christmas bird count at some point, too, because that'll be coming up here towards the Christmas season. So oh, okay. Audubon Society always does their Christmas bird count. Yeah. All right. There you go. Gary, thank you for coming in. Um, we appreciate it. And, of course, Wendy, our big winner of the $20 gift card to Waddell's. We do that every single Saturday morning right after the 830 News with Nature Watch kickoff with a trivia question. And I'm sure you'll have a good one for next week. Oh, yes. Go out, go out and enjoy the outdoors. That's enjoy, right. Enjoy that first day of fall and uh, many more to come. Thank you, Gary, and thank you for listening to this edition of Nature Watch. Tune in each Saturday at 8.30 a.m. for Nature Watch. Brought to you by Waddell's Nursery, Floral and Garden and Bird Center at the corner of 12th Street and Millam Road.